This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. He's the one. of the ten. Puts he up the right sideline. Yeah, he's got to go. He's tackled. Sam Houston wins it. The Bearcats capture their first. Hello, welcome to the Republic of Football, a show that knows how to take its time during the spring. I'm your host, Ishmael Johnson, in studio. We're back, we're live, next to me, in person. Man. Mike Craven, man. senior college writer. How it's you doing, wi- man? It's wild. I didn't know my way into this room. <laughs> exactly, man. You've, you, I'm surprised you know your way around anywhere right now because you're just kind of around the entire state uh, doing yeah. your all your hits for the magazine. Yeah, I've been to Houston, San Antonio, up here in DFW, going to be in Waco tomorrow, uh, next week, Huntsville, oh, man. UT, A&M, flying to Lubbock. Um, so. Getting the miles in. Traversing the state. Yes. Traversing the state. Oh, man. And, of course, the reason why you can see us and hear us pretty well is everyone's favorite Mal pal, Mallory Hardley. Hi, Mallory. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How's it going? So today, uh, of course, we had a two-week break. Uh, one week was because Craven needed a little bit of a break. Yeah. Uh, he had yeah. a nice reprieve in Hawaii. Congratulations on the engagement, by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen you here. since then. Thank oh, my you. goodness. Jumped back into the swimming pool. Yeah. As I joked with her, because she has a good sense of humor, you can't get to the third unless you get through the second. <laughs> um, so. Does she love that? <laughs> just, try, just trying to knock knock that second one out of the park. No, I did. I've, I've done tremendously well. Yeah. Um, I can't blow this one. Yeah. What a way to propose, too. I mean, in Hawaii? Yeah, in Kauai. Kauai, uh, the, nonetheless. Uh, when you guys are booking the trip, did, was that, like, on your, like, yeah. this is Well, it was a find a place to do it okay. within the trip. She sure. loves okay. that place. Okay. Like, okay. like nice. Hawaii is so a weird place. Like, Kauai is like a jungle. It's like going to Costa Rica or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly rainforest area and stuff. And so they have uh, the Wamea Canyon, which is like the Grand Canyon of yep. the Pacific. Okay. Yep. And so she's a hiker. Like it's yeah. like her favorite thing to do. Our vacations consist of me and my knee working, uh, <laughs> limping around <laughs> um, the jungle. And so it was like, okay, this is sunrise, let's do this. And then also, just to fit this one here, in here, no, even though nobody cares, uh, <laughs> my 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 idea was to do it the very first day of vacation. So oh. we got there Sunday, so get and I proposed and, Monday, because yeah. then she couldn't get mad at me about anything the rest of the week. <laughs> you know? That's a, like, I had a free, that is clever. I had a free roll yeah. for the rest. And I didn't do anything bad, but sure. just let's say yeah. that I had. Right, right. You know? It's like, well, I mean, you know. Right, exactly. So that was the uh, that was the game plan. It worked out pretty well. That's clever. Congratulations, Craven. That's awesome. I'm nothing if not clever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There you go. So uh, yeah, this that week. That's why we were off one week. Uh, Last week we were off because we were just kind of on the road everywhere. You know, I was in San Marcos doing my magazine hit for Texas State. Craven, of course, was all over the state, and we kind of looked around. We're like, there's nothing really to talk about until we get back from all these trips, and then we can kind of do kind of a free ball, you know, freewheeling, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and if you want to hear my voice, yeah, we got the Texas and Texas A&M podcast going on a weekly basis as well. So exactly. you can always get there. Yeah. Quick plug up top. Um, we just added talking about them Cougars, man. Uh, so excited about that one. Uh, of course, with Ryan Monso and uh, Brad Towns. 
Subscribe if you're not already to the Republic of Football on all your podcast apps, uh, as well as, uh, uh, of course, on YouTube. Uh, of course, we're uploading uh, Eyes, of Tex- Eyes on Texas with mm-hmm. Mike Craven mm-hmm. and Aaron Hogan. But, of course, all the shows, all the shows. 10 of 13. 10, 10 of 13. Man. It's almost like a coach list. It's you know? wild, right? We yeah, got, exactly. Yeah, we we, we podcast with 10 of the 13 FBS markets. Uh, SMU, holler at us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. SMU, uh, Sam, and uh, UTEP. Like? UTEP. And UTEP, holler mm-hmm. at us if you want yeah. to join the party. Yeah. So We're going to no, get there. We're, we're going to get there. Uh, it's exciting, man. We, we have a great team. We all, we're all on a Slack now, so we're kind of tethered now. So that's, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like I said, support all the shows. Uh, subscribe to all their respective content. They got Patreons. They got all those type of uh, websites. So go and support the whole crew. Um, it's made my road trips better. Has, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's no, there's always something to listen to now. Well, and it's just on the same feed. Yes. And so it's just like the TCU one ends, and it just rolls right into tech, and that exactly. rolls right into UTSA, and all of a sudden I'm in DFW. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, we'll be hoping uh, a little bit behind the scenes. I'm hoping to get soon all the thumbnails for each respective shows up on Spotify mm-hmm. and Apple. So whenever you download a show, it'll have the icon for that show. So that's coming hopefully soon. Uh, we're working on that on the back end uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, so I, I mentioned a little bit, we've been on the road. Craven's been on the road. I was on the road once, um, for my, for my preview. Uh, and that's kind of what we're going to hit on. Um, it's spring and a lot of spring games are coming up. Right. Mm -hmm. And Craven put out a piece. We were kind of talking in the office yesterday, me, Craven and Greg Powers, our recruiting coordinator about just in general, just about spring and just kind of, we were just talking about content in general, just writing and kind of, uh, just kind of how the. You know, it's still the first couple months of having a, a college staff. Mm-hmm. And so we were kind of having a, a, a makeshift workshop. And Craven kind of just talked about spring camp and kind of how, in particular, Houston, um, just how spring has changed in general with the transfer portal. And naturally, Craven turned that into a piece. <laughs> Got to. It's content. Everything's exactly. content. Exactly. And so, Everything's content in the off-season. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Uh, especially during magazine season where <laughs> exactly. you're on the content and trying right. to figure it's out such what a weird, the hell to do. It's a weird thing yeah. to balance. Um, so I would say that let's start with that. Craven has a new piece up on textfootball.com, how the transfer portal has altered college football. And Again, it hints on Houston because that was kind of the example he kind of gravitated from. But you have quotes from other people in other places around the state. Yep. Overall, the point of the piece is how spring kind of used to be, you know, what we kind of – I guess what we kind of imagine it, right? They're hitting right. – right? Oklahoma the, drills. Exactly. It's like, oh, they're getting – you know, you had, you had the months off, right? Let's get everybody back into shape and let's start cracking heads, cracking skulls. Boom, let's get on the, on the field. Now it's – not that at all, <laughs> because you don't know what the hell your roster is going to be. Now it's OTAs. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Uh, it, so I think what's happening to colleges around, and I just use Houston because they seem like the most obvious example, but this is something I've talked to, to multiple coaches about. You always lose the guys graduating and running out of eligibility, and that's mm-hmm. around 15 to 20 to 25 guys a year. Sure. So you're going to go into spring with 65 scholarship players on your roster. Let's say you add five to ten early enrollees and, and transfers there. Now you're back to 70, 75. But 10 to 15 guys are injured and out because they had surgeries after the year because football is a gladiator sport and you got to have something cleaned up. Sure. So now you're back to 60 scholarship guys. Well, with the transfer portal, you can leave. So if you have mm-hmm. 10 guys leaving the transfer portal, you're down to 45, 50 dudes to go through spring ball. Yeah. Five or six are going to get nicked up early. 
Now you're down to 30, 35 scholarship players trying to go through. You just can't do it, uh, especially up front on the offensive line, defensive line. When Steve mm -hmm. Sarkeesian uh, first got to Texas, he couldn't have a spring game because they didn't have enough offensive linemen to make two teams. Um, and so at places like Houston where they have five open spots for offensive linemen this cycle, I'm not talking about 2024, I'm yeah. like this summer, they can sign up to five offensive linemen. You're just not going to have traditional spring games that you used to have because you don't have the roster continuity that you used to have. And it's forcing colleges to get uh, creative, mm -hmm. and they have to understand that they're going through spring ball without starters on that field. Yeah, You know, it used to be the only guys you were going to add between spring and the start of fall uh, were true freshmen that probably weren't going to play much anyway. Mm -hmm. But now you're going to add five guys over the summer, maybe even more in a place like Houston, that's going to start. Mm -hmm. You're going to need to play real snaps for you. Uh, how much do you really do in the spring and get so mad at your defensive tackle when that defensive tackle is not even going to be the starter next, next right. fall? And so uh, there's just a lot of stuff up in the air that's changing in college football, and it's all happening at once. And also, I mean, not even knowing if that starting center that you are projecting is going to be there. Right. Right? So, like, I mean, for example – Texas A&M today, Matthew Wyckoff, uh, all freshman selection SEC in, uh, center. He just announced he's transferring. Yeah. And so it's like, welcome oh. back Bryce Foster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it's like, you know, it's like, oh, there's a guy that you'd presume right. would be either starting or very least on the two deep. Okay, cool. Now he's out. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, not only does A&M have to figure out what happens with that spot and those reps, somebody like a Houston or something could be like, hey, we got some. We can probably bring somebody right. else in. And, you know? and that's what's becoming with spring, too, is yeah. it, it's almost an evaluation. You, know, you used to use it to evaluate your roster yeah. and figure out who you could move around to help with those spots. Now you're evaluating that roster in terms of where do we need to go sign a guy. Mm -hmm. So I'm at TCU on Monday. They're having a little bit of an issue at center. They don't know who their center is going to be. They think an Arkansas transfer, Arkansas State transfer they're getting over the summer is going to be that guy. But Matthew Wyckoff jumps into the portal today. And you go, well, I was, I was just at TCU. Mm -hmm. You know, they need a center. One's in the portal. So if you're Sonny Dykes in that group, you could sit there and go, well, okay, now we can go fix that problem. We don't need uh, to move a guard over. We can go get a real center who's played SEC football. And so uh, your roster, it's good and bad. Yeah. Your roster isn't set, so you don't know exactly who you're going to have. Mm -hmm. But also, your roster isn't set, so you can go make it better. And, like, from, I guess from our perspective, right, because obviously we need stuff to talk about. Media, I mean, collective we, royal we. We need stuff to talk about in the spring, and it was always, you know, more or less, spring was always just the chance to really get a good preview and a good snapshot of what you're going to get in the fall. And for s some teams, right, let's say Texas, sure, that's probably most of what you're going to get in yeah. the fall. But like, it, like, how much from our perspective can we look at spring, especially for, let's say, us at Dave Campbell's who puts together a magazine, <laughs> um, how much can we look at spring and actually say, well, this is – probably what we're going to see or is like or is it more of like a well this is kind of, I, I think this is what we're going to see yeah i mean dana holgerson flat out told me i'll tell you what my team looks like on june 1st because i don't know <laughs> right yeah, that's fair. you know and if dana holgerson doesn't know what his team's going to look like if right. doug belk doesn't know what his team what his team's going to look like i don't yeah you know and so you kind of pick out themes and, and key parts that you do know mm -hmm. i know ultimate caskill's back yep i know they have a deep wide receiver core uh, I know they like you know what they're doing defensively up front. So you start to notice stuff like that. But there are major holes that are going to be filled or not filled over the summer. And those could be trouble spots. Or they could turn into, by the time the magazine comes around, they may have signed two you know, all Sunbelt offensive linemen. And now all of a sudden it's a strength for right. Houston moving into the year. And so a lot of it is up in the air for sure. What would, to kind of close out this part of the, the topic discussion, what would, would you – would you add, implement any changes, whether it's to 
the portal or because we talked about, you know, moving the portal deadline around a little bit so coaches aren't having to recruit and then portal recruit and then all that stuff as far as like the, the winter's concerned. But as far as the spring's concerned, would you adjust anything as far as the spring schedule goes or the portal calendar or how would you I don't know. Or would you just keep it the same and say, this is just the way it has to be? It's interesting because, you know, last year there wasn't really any windows. So you could just yeah. jump in wherever. And that's where we had the Katie Davis scare. You know, like right. this year, at least we're going to know who's leaving. You that's know? always going to scar us. Oh, <laughs> like, man. It's like. That was the worst. I mean, Quinn like, Ewers talk about a heart draw. Uh, yes. The Quinn Ewers 100% committed headline. <laughs> and then uh, Katie Davis. Those are your uh, two those career are my two, like Those are my two, like, career, like, this, I, you know, humble yourself, sir. <laughs> uh, but luckily he came back. Uh, yeah. But we're at least this year know who's going to be on campus. We sure, may not know sure. who's coming into campus, but we know who's exiting campus. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there won't be as much of that. So we'll, we'll know more of that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know what you can change because you have to give these kids enough time to move around. But the mm -hmm. other thing that's weird is, like, the portal opens on the 15th. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as Matthew Wyckoff proved, you can just jump to the portal, right? right? Like, what does it really mean? But it opens officially on the 15th. And so now coaches are also having the conversation of when do we do our spring game? Do we mm. want to get done early to where we can, like for Houston, for example, Sure. I was like, why is your spring game April 7th? Why? That's so early. That's mm -hmm. very early. And he goes, well, I want to have exit interviews with every single player on my team to know who's going to go into the portal and who's mm. not. So we know who to go look for and who not to go look for. That's sure. smart. If yeah. we don't get in, if we don't into the 22nd or even the, you know, he goes, if we end, end on the 14th, well, we could have the spring game the 14th and I wake up the 15th and I got seven guys in the portal that I right. even know we're going to the portal. At least this, this gives me an idea of when those are going to go. And then you talk to some coaches who are having it on the 22nd and they're like, well, the portal opens on the 15th. I want my guys to be practicing when the portal opens. Mm, I want them engaged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want them to have time right. to go talk to this coach and that coach. They got football practice. Right. I don't know how much that's really going to help. I think that's coaches just being coaches. Throwing you know, stuff at the wall. Matthew basically. Wyckoff, again, jumped in the portal today. They're in the middle of spring. <laughs> right. North Texas lost their best defensive end three days ago, right. you know, in the yeah. portal. And so like, it, it's, it's going to happen, but it's just interesting to me how many changes are happening in college football that these coaches – they don't really know sure. what the best practice is. They're all figuring it out on the fly, and they all have their own ideas. And maybe in a couple of years, one will be proven true, and, and that's how everybody will get again. Uh, but to me, one of the more interesting things about this spring is just how the varying opinions on what to do in April. Yeah, I think that the portal is still very much – this as far as the NCAA is concerned, uh, because there's really no big guidance or, like, they haven't had that – big structural here's what the portal is as far as like calendar and all this stuff coaches are obviously having to adjust yeah. and until that comes until that happens right because again we talked about the winter and the, the how how the portal affects signing day and there needs to be some type of adjustment in there because there's just no downtime or like even like time i don't want to say time off is the wrong phrase but like you're constantly trying to recruit your team to stay other guys to fill needs while also trying to sign a high school class, you know, yeah. so there does need to be like a kind of an overhaul restructuring of just the portal specifically. Um, Cause it, right now everybody's like, yeah, signing day. It's just right. there. I and mean, then everybody's, it's kind of just up in the air. Sonny Dyke said that they recruited 40 of the 52 weekends last year. Oh my God. Jeez. That's just so much. We were in Phoenix and then the next week in LA Yeah, and they, they had recruits on campus. 
God. You know, because they were they were transfer portal guys that they just had planned to be on official visits because they didn't right. know they were going to make it to the right. national championship game, and you have to get them on campus. So they had some of their staff back in Fort Worth while some of their staff is in Los Angeles preparing to play a national. That's title pretty game. cool. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and that's just what. It sorry, coaching here, they're at the national now. championship. Like, right. yeah, yeah, right, right. That is a good, that's a good point. Like, yeah. that's not a bad recruiting strategy. Not like, at all. Sunny, like, well, he's in L.A. because yeah. they're playing for a championship. <laughs> game. Uh, but the point is that these. It, there's a bind. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's just so much mm-hmm. that like how do you do it well? Yeah, when you're doing it, you know. And so there's burnout, and, and it's why we're seeing so many college coaches jump to the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's a good because it used to be more work to be in the NFL. Yeah, now it's more work to be in That's college. You got to recruit year round. Not only the guys you're adding, but like your own roster. Yeah, um, in the NFL you just get to coach football. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and I so until they change these rules and make it easier on these coaches, we're gonna lose the best ones mm-hmm. to the NFL yep. over and over and over again. Yep. Uh, speak a little segue into kind of our spring uh, uh, state traversing, I guess. Uh, speaking of recruiting and kind of building, so last week was the first time I got to talk to Tech State head coach GJ Kenny in person. Um, and one of the questions I asked him, I was just curious. It wasn't really for the magazine or anything. I was just we were just sitting there chatting, and I asked him about like how he went from the NFL coaching wise back to college. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was that like a, you know, did you see yourself going back to college or, or things like that? And he he said it wasn't like a uh, uh, like a to put it short he likes the recruiting aspect and he likes the building aspect right mm-hmm. and he liked he missed when he was working under the I think it was Doug Peterson staff um, after he was done playing in the yeah. CFL yeah. they like he, cut him while offering him a job right yeah basically yeah, yeah it was one of those one of those situations um, but he said I said like you know you like scheme you like game planning and all that so what brought you back to college and he says he told me, it was like, well, I just love the idea of putting together a team. Mm. And he said if he ever goes back to the NFL or that level, it'd be more of a, he'd probably be more, see himself more of a GM because mm-hmm. he likes the idea of building. And so That's a man who grew up playing career mode. Yes. No, literally, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And so he said uh, – and so I thought that was interesting because obviously we talked to just like his philosophy as far as like team building and like uh, Mac Leftwich and coaching interviews, things like that. But he always went back to like – and I think it goes back to your point of – you just you have to it's impossible for you to do this job without like not even liking you have to love oh, recruiting yeah. right like that rule try to run away from it right exactly yeah, yeah. and like he, you you ha- like that's you why have to love it. that's why the NFL to college pipeline is so small mm-hmm. right because you can game plan all you want right you can love doing the the football aspects but listen, you got to learn how to talk to 16, mm-hmm. 17, right. 18 year olds about those why are adults in contracts. Yeah. You know, I was like, I don't have to convince you to stay here. You're, you're owed $12 million. Right. I'll go here. sign somebody else. Right. right. Yeah. You can do that. Like, no, you got to go talk to fifth. You have to go sit in like 50 living rooms mm-hmm. <laughs> a year at least. Right. That's just in the, the, the fall recruiting cycle. Right. That didn't even include junior day, all that yeah. stuff. You got to be on Twitter, liking different posts. Right. Exactly. Gotta take pictures with a bunch of different oh recruits. I couldn't. Have, yeah. And so yeah. he, but he talked to me. He's like, yeah, I, like, I love doing that. I yeah. miss doing that. And yeah. it was like, man, that is a different animal. That's the son of a high school football coach. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Quite literally. And uh, the more I talked to him, the more the Jeff trailer came out in him too. Yeah. Like, where it's it was like, funny how that happens, it right? Was, it was like the East Texas draw was starting mm-hmm. to come out a little bit. He was like, man, I'll, the I'll more comfortable it. you get. Right. Right. And yeah. It was, I was like, I'm talking to like a young Jeff Trailer. It's weird. I'm but. excited for what Texas State's going to be. I think him. so. I don't know if it happens in year one because sure. year one's just so weird, and you got so much roster turnover. How do yeah. you build a culture? You know, all that kind of stuff, right? The sure. Sun Belt's a tough conference, but the days of being bored watching Texas State football, I, I believe, are behind us. Yeah, 
I think so. I think so too. What um, that means record wise, I have no idea. No idea. Uh, but um, I, I think it's just going to be fun. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I asked him about Mac Leftwich because he. I asked him, "Did you go to UIW with the intention to call plays?" He's like, "Yeah. Like that's what I thought of." Um, but then he interviewed Mac, and they kind of had their relationship, and he was willing to delegate that. Um, and then I asked him about Craig Stutzman, who's the uh, passing game coordinator, I think wide receivers coach. And he, he came from Utah Valley, who had another, uh, I've heard really good things about their offense that he ran there. So, you know, just like that whole collaboration room just feels really interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I have, I have no idea what that translates to. There is like, talking to him in person, I hate to say like, I drank the Kool-Aid because I'm an, I'm an alum, right? But like talking to him in person and kind of seeing him like having like not even like a, a canned answer for everything I had, but like a, a well thought out like this is what the situation is. Here's what we're building here. Not as not even, not even just the team, just like the facilities, everything that's coming up here. It's trending in the right direction, and like because I I straight up asked him was like, what do you think coaches have missed on, mm-hmm. right? And just in general coming up to FBS, and he was like, I think they haven't gotten the right guys. They, they like you can't other other places you can do the portal thing and it'll work. He's like, he doesn't think it can do it in Texas. Like, he just straight up said that. He's like, I just don't think – not saying we're not going to get the portal, but it's like you can't ignore that aspect of it. Sometimes you so. ask these coaches questions and you can tell they're thinking about their answers for the first time when they're talking to you. Sure, sure. He's always seemed like a guy who's like he's thought about that five times. Right. He's a very measured guy. I think the Jeff Charlier comparison is a complimentary one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that offense is going to be a lot of fun. And they played good defense in Incarnate Word. Like, yeah. you know, I, that offense makes it hard to sure. play, like, scoring defense well like the numbers <laughs> right, right, are going right. to never look that great because like you're just so going to have possessions so yeah. many possessions like when you're when you're scoring 63 points the defense <laughs> is going to be hard to like give up zero right you know? like right, you're, you're right. going to give up some points uh but i just feel like being the only school in the Sun Belt in texas and with his high school ties and his mm-hmm. willingness to go out and do that kind of stuff you know texas state I believe is going to take that next step up. Maybe not this year. Sure. Uh, but they're going to, they're not going to be like without a bowl appearance for very much longer. Yeah. Uh, you went to North Texas. Yep. North yep. Texas yesterday. Yeah. So, you know, another, the other new hire in the state, uh, you know, what the, what's the vibe you got from Eric Morris and that staff just being around them for a little bit. If they can figure out who a quarterback is going to be and have that guy not throw it to the other dudes. Mm-hmm. That roster's pretty good. Mm. You know, the running back room's four or five deep. They have three guys who've ran for 1,000 yards on that roster, Yeah, you know, at different times. And so uh, they're a deep room. Uh, they're going to run the ball, I believe, more than maybe we'll see in four years under Eric Morris. But he knows that this roster is probably built more um, to be a running team. The wide receiver room is really deep. You yeah. know, they can rattle off six, seven guys there. Um, tight end's a problem. They lost Jake, Jake uh, Roberts and, and then Gums. Uh, Gums left as well. But they don't really use a tight end. You know, so that like won't be receivers. Almost. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You just kind of a flex at that point. Uh, and then the defense has got to be better. Sure. You know, they they brought in enough bodies there. Um, they're moving to a three, three kind of stack that three, three, five that became mm-hmm. real popular in the big 12 Iowa state's defense basically yeah. is what they're going to run. So they're going to have to figure out bodies there. It's hard to go from a four man front to a three man front in one year, just because you need more linebackers and more safeties and bigger bodies up front. You sure. know, now you're, Where's Mason Richards play? Is mm-hmm. he a linebacker? Probably not. So he's going to have to play four I and be yeah. a big defensive end and put on some weight. So uh, North Texas, you know, you go around these schools and you go to all the G five schools and you go to North Texas and you see the facilities and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like they, I mean, they just figure this thing out. 
Like, they're going to be pretty good. And they were playing FCS football 20, 30 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not a whole lot of history there. The expectations are really high, though, and I I feel like Eric Morris is one of those dudes that's not going to shy away from it. Mm -hmm. He is a confident man, Mm -hmm. you know, and I say that complimentary. Yeah. You know, he was – I asked him about his wide receivers. He's like, I've never met one that wasn't a prima donna, and that includes me, you know. And so, (laughs) you know, I think he's comfortable in his skin. He feels ready for this job. He was a successful – I don't think I can describe to people who aren't familiar with FCS football how bad incarnate word was right before he got there oh, Carter's word seems like a good job now it was one of it the was worst Lamar jobs in the country yeah i was about to it say it was yes. bad like yes. there was like you didn't even i went to utsa and didn't know where incarnate word was <laughs> right you know like right. it just not not anything to, and he made it really good and so i think he's going to do the th- same thing at north texas but <laughs> you look at that schedule they could start six and zero oh and in six oh and six i was about to say like, that's just a, a weird back half. back half of the schedule and so good news is you have a little bit to get a rhythm and find your way and by the time that tough spot comes you're playing your best football Uh, but you know also you know what are your expectations Mm -hmm. it's not going to be 10 wins right and so uh, for me it's just they just I don't know if they have a quarterback I really don't right Jace Reuter's probably been the guy that's played the best this spring really just to just to let you know interesting that is an interesting one right there Um, that's a name that I completely forgot about on the I do think (laughs) Chandler Rogers the thing with him is like you're not you're not really going to use your feet in spring Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, and you so like the, one of his on, biggest so. things, yeah, uh, you can't really go utilize in spring. So you know that's part of it as well. But just from a passing consistency standpoint, the first quarterback that came off of Eric Morris's mouth yesterday when I talked about quarterbacks was Jace Root. Interesting. Okay. And they switch him out. You think? I mean, I I feel like Chandler, Chandler Rogers ends up being the guy mm-hmm. because like they need a guy back there that can probably create some stuff off script. Definitely. And, uh, you know, because they don't have great offensive tackles. You know, they're going to yeah. play guards at tackles basically. Um, so having having somebody who can run around is going to be beneficial. Definitely. But the fact that he's just not the obvious guy who's starting probably isn't a great sign for how the passing games looked this spring. Sure. Yeah. It's early though. Yeah. I and mean, they've practiced ten times. From your other stops, is there which team that? has kind of you really optimistic for the fall and then what's one team that I mean we may have already talked about them that you're a little bit concerned about or maybe just not as high on after kind of seeing everything kind of visiting yourself Houston's who I'm concerned about. yeah that's what yeah. I was yeah. Houston's say. who I'm concerned about when yeah. you when you have space for five offensive linemen that's bad <laughs> and you're saying that you got 17 guys coming into the summer that you're counting on to play and they're not even there you I mean yeah. I and you're stepping into a big 12 that's loaded like you know, so you look at Houston's schedule, yeah. and you tell me what the guaranteed six wins are. I was about to say, yeah. You, I, I, mean, I can guarantee you three, maybe four. Everything else is a coin flip, and three or four are, are lopsided underdog stories. And mm-hmm. so you got three or four games in the middle there that are going to determine, you know, maybe Dana Holgerson's fate, right? Right? Like, you know, those games against like teams like Texas Tech. Yeah. You know, those kind of games are going to be coin flip games that if Houston's not able to win them, um, you can uh, go. You can get four and eight real quick, and yep. so that's who I'm most concerned about. Positive wise, and I, I know I know where I went to school. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, but Frank Harris is still Homer. on campus. That's nuts. You like know? it's it is like Rashad Wisdom like still on campus. Yeah. How can you not be optimistic about him? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're running they're going, backs back. They're going to a new conference, and they're probably walking in as the favorite. As the favorite, at least. Yeah. Like, I mean, they'll mess with you too late. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that's UTSA's top twenty-five team in the nation. Yeah, I mean, they just are. That's crazy. They returned ten ten starters. They they were playing with walk-on offensive linemen last year and went and won right. the conference. Yep, I remember that. Uh, we talking about it off off screen before this. There are four schools in FBS who have won more games than UTSA the last two years. Uh, Georgia 
Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama. End of list. <laughs> Playoff uh, teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. And so at the G5 level, there is nobody who's been more consistent in the last two to three years than the UTSA Roadrunners, and all of those players are back. Mm-hmm. And that schedule doesn't look that much different than what a Conference USA schedule looks like. Sure. They don't play SMU. Right. They get Tulane the last week. Non-conference schedule is weird, so you're going to have to avoid injuries there. Uh, <laughs> but this is the best UTSA has been on the offensive and defensive line. That's and nuts. everybody else is back. Yeah. And you could just tell talking to Jeff Trailer feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> feels pretty good about his Roadrunners. Yeah. You know, I, like I a bet. quiet, a quiet confidence. You know, he's like, I know who this team is. Yeah. You know, we don't have to worry too much about expectations. And right. That's a that's a coach who just, you know, it's a well 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 oiled machine right now. Right. hundred percent. I'm looking at so getting back on Houston a little bit, I'll tell you the game that I think will determine – I'm a big vibes guy <laughs> as far as, like, programs go. <laughs> right. Um, and I'll tell you the game that could really, let's just say, to use a, a friendly phrase, mess up the vibes. Mm-hmm. October 21st, Texas at yes. Houston. Yes. If that – if this schedule goes – let's say – let me give them one, two, three. Let's say they have two wins heading into that game, which is possible. Because uh, they got UTSA, Rice, TCU, Sam, Tech, West Virginia, right? Two games, two wins, let's say, from that. Maybe three, possibly three. I would probably give them lean three. That stadium's going to be burnt orange. Yeah. That stadium's going to be burnt. Unless they go in with some momentum, some pretty damn good momentum, that stadium, that home stadium's going to be burnt orange. Yeah, Tillman Fatita's going to have to, like, pay people to go sit in stands. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wear this red shirt. So I will say, that is the game for me. That is, like, the vibes – uh, DMZ. <laughs> That's like if you went if the if if that home crowd is very solid, right? Not saying they're gonna you know, it might pack the house. Who knows? They might want to show up Texas, so they show up. And yeah, it's like gonna be sold say, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it depends on how it's sold right, out. right, exactly, hundred percent. So if it's Houston's uh, lean sell out, okay, awesome. Then they they say they don't have to win, but let's say they show out a good game. Cool. If Texas goes in there with a burn orange crowd, shows up against Houston. You in trouble, my guy. <laughs> Dana Holgerson, you in trouble. They I mean, also have to play UTSA first. Yeah, and it took them three overtimes with Clayton Toon to it, beat them last yeah. year. I was about to say, UTSA yeah. is kicking themselves over that game last right. year. They're yes. still mad about it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that that's a that's a game that can hurt Houston more than it can help UTSA. UTSA sure. is playing with free money. They go and they yep. beat a Big 12 program. Like, that. you know. There's right. no chip on their that's shoulder cake, in that game. You know, yeah. right. uh, but you go through – I mean, Rice is, is a win. Yeah. Sam Houston is a win. We want to call West Virginia a win. I want to call it a win, but I'm also like Neil Brown knows he's coaching for his job. This sure, year. and that West Virginia Dana Holgerson thing. Thank goodness this isn't Morgantown. <laughs> you know, a, like that would have been insane. Really good, that's a good uh, point. He's going to need some real security in yeah. 2025 when that's they a, or 2024 when they get up to Morgantown. That's a good uh, point. But if we just count those three as guaranteed wins, sure. There's nine other games, yeah. <laughs> like that are you know. Oh my gosh, are they going to win that? You know, yeah. Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, at UCF to end the yeah. year, at Baylor, at Kansas State. And that's the schedule at Texas Tech. Yep. Um, and so I four and eight wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't but shock eight me. and four wouldn't shock me either if they no, figure they some talent. stuff out. Alton McCaskill starts playing really well. Donovan Smith is the is the guy we've seen. The high end of Donovan Smith shows sure. up. Right. You know, Holgerson is really good at coaching offense. Yeah. Doug Belk didn't forget how to coach defense. Right. Um, so I think the talent is going to be there. The roster is going to be a little bit better. It's just is that a little bit better enough to go from the AAC and win eight games to the Big 12 and win eight games? Yep. I don't think it is, mm-hmm. and it feels like anything under that is going to feel like a disappointment. Right. Uh, looking at uh, – let's go to two, the two other DFW programs, TCU and SMU. Uh, you talked to both of those this week. Uh, you know, what's the vibe going on? Obviously, SMU is working – 
they brought in a lot of transfers. Yes. Um, yeah. they, SMU looks like a Power 5 football team. I was about to say, they also know their quarterback, though. Yeah. And it looks, I don't know, vibes seem pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. If it, I was sitting there just like two hours ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, I was talking to Coach Lashley. I was like, y'all, y'all know that y'all are going to have expectations, that people are going to pick y'all to win the conference, mm-hmm. people are going to pick y'all to win 10 games. And like a good high school coach that Greg Tepper talks about, he goes, you know you don't have to do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they know it's coming. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, that, yeah. you know, they want that inside of those programs. For the last five years, it feels like SMU has been right on that corner, mm-hmm. and they've had bad Novembers when yeah. they've had good starts. Um, the schedule sets up perfectly. There's no Tulane. There's no UTSA. The non-conference does have two losses in it, in theory, with TCU and Oklahoma. But they should be favored in 10 of their 12 games. And mm-hmm. they should play for a conference championship. There's no reason why they shouldn't be, you know, 8-0 and or, you know, 7-1 and in conference and go play for the American given their schedule. You know, they brought in seven transfers from Miami. Mm. And That's crazy. even if you weren't starting at Miami, if you're playing at Miami, you, you look pretty good in an SMU uniform. And yeah. So, like, as somebody who, like, rapid fire has been going to a lot of campuses, yeah. SMU does not look like the rest of the G5 teams. Man. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, it helps when you can pay $36,000 per player. I was about to say, yeah. All that kind of stuff that they have going on with the collective. Uh, but their roster is really, really good. I was at North Texas the day before and SMU today. Mm-hmm. And one does not look like the other. They sure. Just, they just don't. Sure. You know, and they're going to play in the same conference. Yeah. And so uh, SMU has no real excuse not to be a dominant force in the American. And they believe that they're going to be. Uh, TCU, on the other hand, they're playing this weird game of, like, how do you use last year? Do you just bury it in the ground and just never bring it up and just, <laughs> right. like, hope that it doesn't go into next year? Or do you bring it up and, and use those stories as motivating factors? Or, like, this time last year nobody thought we were going to be anything and we, we do that. Or, or do you just never bring it up? Right. You know? And so um, you look at TCU and they lost their quarterback, their best running back, their best wide receiver, their best offensive lineman, their best defensive lineman, their best linebacker, and their best secondary player. Every <laughs> single position group. And their offensive coordinator. They, and their <laughs> offensive coordinator. Every single position group lost their best player. That's insane. Yeah, when you look at it that way. Fool me once with Baylor last year. <laughs> That's a mm-hmm. really good point. You can't fool me twice. You're not going to fool me again, right? Uh, oh, there's a great geez. saying in Texas. I'm sure it's in Tennessee as well. Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> yes. Um, for me, TCU is going to take a step back. Yeah, it's just a matter of how far. Sure. If they sure. take a step back to eight and four, mm-hmm. I think everything's great. Yeah, that's a great. That's a, they take a step back to six and seven, like Baylor did, and then all of that conversation is going to happen. Of like, was it just Gary's guys and right. Kansas? Is this is this Cal? You know, like all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. is going to happen. So for TCU, it just feels like one of those seasons where you need to prove you can not take a giant step backwards yeah. even if that means that you're probably not competing for a big 12 championship although inside that room they don't feel that way that's me talking mm-hmm. you know inside mm-hmm. that room the quarterback that they thought was going to be the quarterback all last year is back mm-hmm. they've recruited as well as anybody in the big 12 not named texas and oklahoma they like their defense they have some pieces in the secondary that are really good their linebackers should be excellent if they can find a pass rush and they can figure out the offensive line they're gonna be okay yep um but big 12 is really good yeah and it's hard to imagine them winning all of those close games again. Yep. Uh, last one. Let's hit on – you talked to him over the phone. Uh, UTEP. Mm-hmm. Dana Dimmel has not hired an offensive coordinator yet. Dana Dimmel is the offensive coordinator. Is the, is Dana Dimmel is the <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah, and Gavin Hardison's starting quarterback. And he is still there. Um, listen, I thought we were kind of – if you would have – told me two weeks ago asked me who the quarterback was i was like, i don't know because i don't <laughs> think they i th- thought they would have given up on that <laughs> but yeah. you know no oc i guess me and you kind of presumed and he might you know 
Pat O'Hara, or uh, uh, oh god, O'Hara, so, yeah, uh, their wide receivers coach, passing game coordinator may just get an upward of responsibility, right? They might be grooming him later to be that, um, but as of right now, it will be Dana Dimmel. Um, I'm a little concerned about UTEP. Um, <laughs> you know, looking into him a little bit. Uh, obviously, you haven't d- dug a, did a deep dive into the program for the magazine yet, but just looking at them from a from a little sky view, are you concerned too? Well, what 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 do they have to do this year? You know, I, because like if they yes. win seven games again, I think seven's fine, especially in this Southland. But I think if they miss a Southland, bowl, <laughs> I mean that's what it feels like, right? But I, it's not Conference USA. Conference yes. USA. Yeah. That's a Freudian slip. Yes, yeah. it is very much. The <laughs> um, <laughs> there's ja- sorry, Jacksonville State and Sam Houston's in the Conference yeah. USA. They're, it's yeah. might as well be Southland. Like well, that's what I mean. Like they may not be as good as they were two years ago, but, but you could they, start, probably still win as many games as you did two years ago because sure. your level of competition's not as good. I was about to say that's. That's as far as I'm concerned, they cannot miss a bowl this year. Right. They are as far as everybody else in that conference now. They're one of the top teams. Like just on just like it, it's weird saying that. Yeah, I mean, here's their conference schedule. I mean, they yeah. got Jack State, FIU, La Tech, New Mexico State, Sam Houston, Middle Tennessee. The only two that are are far and away better just from Western Kentucky and Liberty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I, UTEP is in better position to compete with their like like fielded teams yes, yes, yes. than they were in Conference USA. They're closer to a New Mexico State than they are in UTSA in terms of budget and mm-hmm. ability and, 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 and stuff. So I think UTEP may not be like a, a great team, mm-hmm. uh, but they have a chance to rebound and get back into a bowl. And if you look over UTEP's history, that should be good enough. I mean, that's fine. Say, yeah, that's, and then the yeah. other thing is like, Dimmel's always been better as the underdog coach mm. of a team that isn't supposed to achieve all that much. That's a good point. He's never done all that well with a bunch of expectations. And he admitted on our phone conversation they, they didn't handle it well last year. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody they had gone to a bowl game. Most of their team was back. We're going to go win seven or eight games again and go to a bowl game for the second time in a row, which has only happened one other time yeah. in the history of, of UTEP football. Uh, and they didn't handle it well. The mm-hmm. guys had t- t- took step backs, including Gavin Hardison. Uh, good news for UTEP. I believe that slot receiver is going to be back. I believe their leading receiver is going to be back in El Paso uh, once that transfer portal kind of opens and the spring semester ends. That's going to be good news for that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, still have some pieces there. Front seven, still going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so J.J. and Taylor's gone. That's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they're optimistic that they're in a, a, a better conference for them. Yeah. And that that chip on the shoulder is back that they entered 2021 with, and maybe that's the difference for them. I think I always go back to two games for UTEP when it came to when it came to kind of them. I don't say realizing they've been overmatched, but realizing that the facilities and the player personnel probably wasn't up to snuff. It's the UTSA game, home game, a couple years ago, yep. and then of course yeah. it's Week Zero last year, right? You I was sell, at both. Yeah, exactly. You were at both. Mallory was at the UNT game. No. You sell at that stadium. You get the spotlight from national media and you just lay an egg, yeah. right? Like, uh, against UTSA, immediately lay an egg, right? Like, it was, like, the first play from scrimmage or something was, like that. Was, that was, yeah, second. Sucks, something but, like yeah. that, yes. Um, Sincere McCormick. Yeah, just right up the middle, mm-hmm. boom, they're, they're silenced the whole stadium. Now, I'm looking at these – I'm looking at the schedule. You get rival as uh, New Mexico State at home, right, October 18th. You get Western Kentucky at home, and you get Liberty at home, Yep. right? I would love nothing more than – again, it won't be the hype because you don't have the in-state – aspect of UTSA or UNT, but I would love nothing more than by the time those games roll around, we're looking at not a sellout necessarily, because again, in-state stuff matters, but New Mexico State, I would love for that to get get close to a sellout, 
and for them to just do well. <laughs> that team that team hasn't done well in front of a good crowd here's, in forever. <laughs> here's the pro- here's the problem in terms of crowds in the new Conference USA. Yeah. Half their conference games are on a Wednesday. Oh, that's a really good point. You know, I Sam Houston. Sam Houston's that's in the same oh, spot. I forgot you know? him. Oh, and so, stinks. like that, that New Mexico State home game is on October 18th, which off the top of my head, I believe, is a Wednesday. Uh, oh, you know, gosh. You know, and so, about that. and so, like that, it's going to be hard to recapture that momentum in, in El in El Paso. You know, they'll openly talk about like when UTEP's good, that that place gets rocking. Yeah. Uh, but you got to convince that town you're good before they're going to come. Sure. And I just don't know if they're going to be. Nine and three, good enough, right? It's going to yeah. be six and six, seven and five, sure. you know, five and seven, kind of fighting uh, in the middle there. Um, and so it's a big, it's a big year for Demo. He was given an extension after twenty twenty one. He can't disappoint for two years in a row. Yep, I will say, uh, for some reason, Conference USA loves them a bad TV deal. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like the Pac twelve. Uh, oh, you probably love a better TV deal, <laughs> right? Uh, yes, but somebody's yeah. got to be somebody's got to be asking, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. Um, so at least it's not stadium, I guess. That's the best. That's the best thing I can say. Right. Well, um, we'll, we'll see. They, have, yeah, they actually. I'm looking. Oh my gosh. I'm oh, looking no. at the schedule right now. They have three games in a row that are on Wednesday. <laughs> three conference games in a row. FIU, New Mexico State, Sam Houston, oh, all on a Wednesday. Yeah. That's brutal. How do you get people to show up? You don't. <laughs> I was about to on say, either side, yeah. You just don't <laughs> show up. Yeah. You just don't. You just don't. And you hope. It's like, hey, what are you doing after work today? Oh, uh, I thought about going to the game, but now nah, I'm just too tired. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. I mean, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna. Yeah. Beat, I'm not gonna beat traffic. No, over, you know, to man. go to FIU. Yeah, to watch FIU to go watch. Who, I don't even know who the coach of FIU is. I, right I will. Now. I will say. Uh, I will be at that UTEP Sam Houston game. Sure. Because if there's anything game. I enjoy, yeah. it's weird ass stuff. Yeah. You know. And El Paso playing in Huntsville on a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. Heck yeah. Sign me up, bro. I'll probably go to the prison museum was, before I jump over there. I was about to say, how many people do you think, like, driving from Dallas to Houston or vi- Houston to Dallas going to be like, what's going on over there? Right. It's like, right. About the stadium. Yeah. What's up? Hey, Huntsville what's High playing on a Wednesday. Oh, the junior high team yeah, playing yeah, over exactly. there. Yeah, the uh, referee's going to be in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yes. That's a deep cut joke for uh, JV games. I love it. I love it. That's how you can tell, for those who don't know, if you're ever a recruiting writer and you yes. want to tell if you're watching JV film or varsity film, uh, <laughs> you refs. look at the refs and if they have pants on uh you're probably watching varsity if they don't you're getting getting hustled by some kid (laughs) this kid's pretty good okay there was a kid at waco midway of like five ten years ago that like had convinced everybody that he had a scholarship offer yeah and then texas got into the mix quote unquote sure sure so i go and watch his film i can't remember his name and i go and watch his film and the the umpires in shorts i'm like guys this can't be so (laughs) i call the high school coach i'm like oh he's never played varsity before i doubt he's got any of the i was like we gotta do some reporting there you go um so yeah just watch for the umpire and what what he's wearing (laughs) that's That's funny uh some late not really incredibly crazy news, but uh, Nick Harris at Rivals reports that Brennan Thompson's in the portal yes, from Texas. Yes, I saw so that. From it's a deep wide receiver room. It is a very deep wide receiver room. So yeah. that is a – I don't think that says anything about uh, Brennan Thompson's ability as opposed to like, damn, Texas is stacked that they don't need Brennan Thompson. Yeah. Like, I mean, so. Jontae Cook's going to have a hard time getting on the field. That's going to be a very That's good point. That's crazy yeah. to Luckily, think about. Luckily, he's – He's, like, a, he's, a, he's a very polished product, so like maybe he fits in pretty well. Oh, he'll find it. Yeah, he's going to be hard. Like, yeah, I was about to tell you, he'll definitely start yeah. off as like, oh, damn, four. Yeah. Like, four. You remember uh, when Sark was at Alabama, they would show those highlights of like Waddle and those wide receivers like playing rock, paper, scissors to run certain routes yeah, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. That. Texas is getting pretty close. I was now, about they to don't say. have. I don't know if they have the quarterback that can, can do <laughs> Mac Jones thing. Sure, sure. Uh, but if they do. Um, you add JT Sanders to that to that mix, and I mean yeah. they're an all-star team on the outside. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 
So that was a little that was just came across my feed right now. So yeah, that'll be where we end it. Uh, and that'll do it for us this week. Uh, next week, McCraven's going to be on the road some more. So we'll see what he uh, has to report back yeah. from uh, what you said, Lubbock. I'll be in Lubbock, Lico. Texas, Texas A&M. Okay. And cool. Sam Houston. And Sam Houston. There you yeah. go. So, yeah. I, you know, A&M, you know, it's only 45 minutes to, to Sam. So That's I've always point. talked to Keeler on the phone. Yeah. But I've never really gone out there. There you go. And so I'm going to go look at that big statue of Sam Houston that yeah. we all drive by. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. peering through the woods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. random. Like, it's yeah. just it's like a woods. Weird and then Mount it's, Rushmore yeah. feel to yeah. it. You know? <laughs> it's like, like the most out of place thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that'll do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Um, before uh, we go, can I plug something real go quick? Go for it, absolutely. Um, tomorrow on WTF, we have a guest, uh, Melissa Trywasser, co-host yes. of Boom. Frogs Insider, yeah. RF Network. Go check it out. Worlds colliding. Super, su- mm-hmm. super, super excited to have her on. So if you're a fan of us, go check WTF out tomorrow at 2 p.m. We're getting oh. closer and closer to the ESPN move of creating our own content to we talk are. about just our own content. Talking, we are. Yeah, just uh, trading hosts within each other. Yeah. yeah. We'll just we'll just play the interview next week on our wife and there's a segment. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Boom. Double dipping here. Make some news on See, next really, week. See, really, it's just smarter. I mean, we're just creating. No, 100%. Work smarter, not harder. Work, it's more correct. efficient. All right. Correct. We're growing, the, uh, babies. the umbrella <laughs> is getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, like I said, go subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. Go watch on YouTube some to this show to some of the other shows that we're uploading on YouTube as well. Listen to all of them. Right. You got if you literally, quite literally. There's gonna be something you like, <laughs> just based off numbers, right? <laughs> based off numbers, there's got to be some show you like. Uh, as Mallory said, check out WTF tomorrow with Melissa Tribwasser. Tribwasser, I'm making sure I'm giving that right. Yeah, that I believe right. so. Okay. Yes. Um, she could also just yell at me. In, I will in ask the her DMs tomorrow well. before yeah, I, I interview her. She can also just yell at me in the DMs <laughs> if I get that wrong. But anyway, check that out tomorrow as well, uh, 2 p.m. right here if you're watching us live, uh, right here in the DCTF studio. So, for Mike Craven, Mallory Hartley, we have interviewed. 12 of the 13 FBS head coaches on this show. Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. The vibes are not looking great, so you may want to talk to us. So (laughs) for everybody, like I just said, we'll talk to you guys next week, and that'll do it for us. Go Rutgers.